Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Come on, come on. Listen, if you're a mom in the house, go ahead and stand up. Stand up. Come on, moms. Come on. We honor you. We could not have been alive without you. You know what? Come on. It's so exciting to honor all of the moms. Um, I I just want to acknowledge this. Like, you know, for, for some of these holidays, these moments where we honor and pause, uh, for some people, it's great honor, and it, and it should be. And and, I, and I'm hopeful that today you are going to get some honor. That, so here's what that means: that today, mom shouldn't have to clean. Mom shouldn't have to pick up. Mom should have her feet up. Come on, I, I can't believe I'm not getting no amens on this thing. You know, and so. I appreciate you wanting to take your mom out for lunch here in a little bit. But really what she wants you to do is drive through, get her something really, really good. Let her go sit somewhere by herself and eat it. (laughs) With her feet up, waving fans. No. Some people though, you know, this is a reminder of a mom that passed away. Uh, for some people, it's a, 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 a reminder of the family they want to create. And so I just think as a church, it, you know, it, it's good for us to be in all three of those moments. Um, realizing that, you know, hey, some people uh, are mourning. Some people are anticip- have much anticipation about what's coming. And some people are rejoicing. And so I I think that's a good place for us to stay in in every holiday where we're celebrating. Come on, don't you think that? Come on, I I think that's good. Today, before we begin, I just want to take a moment. I want to pray for you. I'm glad that you're here. Thank you for coming. Um, we know that there's a lot of churches that you can pick in Northwest Arkansas. and, and, And we really don't want to waste your time. Like, we want to value your time. And we believe causing there to be a moment where we are intersecting our reality and what God wants to do in our life is important. And so I appreciate you. Um, uh, Maybe you're here today because you're excited to be in the house of God. And maybe you're here today because you're kind of struggling. And so I just want to take a moment before we begin. And I don't do this in every service, but I was in worship that I was praying for you and I just felt like okay we're, we're just gonna take a minute and we're gonna pray so so come on father right now in the name of Jesus God we thank you for every life here and father we know that the posture of our heart is submission we surrender to you uh, we laid down all of our pain and offenses and hurts and problems and what people should have done and what people needed to do and 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 every context every worldview father ultimately um, we're not here to make you prove your power we're here to submit to it 
And Father, I pray that if we do, it will then bring gladness to our heart and freedom to our soul and a clear mind. And Father, that ultimately is what I'm praying for everybody here, a clear mind, a mind of understanding. And so right now, yours is the only spirit that we exalt and yours is the only one that we come under. In Jesus' name, come on. And everybody said, amen, amen. Thank you. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Today, everywhere, people are celebrating moms, and, and, and they should. Today's sermon isn't really going to highlight the greatness of moms. I encourage you to do that sermon at your own house, okay? Preach that sermon to your moms. But we are happy that it is Mother's Day. And this celebration of moms helps us start a greater conversation. And it's a conversation that our culture is wrestling with. And so I think that one of the ways the church is valuable is we begin to step into conversations that the world is having. And then we're able to go, okay, what does the Bible say about that? What does God say about that? How do we step into maybe even uncomfortable conversations and go, what, how is God's word and way contrary to how culture thinks? And so today as we're honoring moms, how do we navigate honor and respect, especially to people in positions of authority? And so... Uh, th this all struck me on Friday we had uh, one of our church members um, I, I did his funeral he passed away uh, earlier that week and uh, earlier this week and uh, his name was John Yoder and he he had a great life and um, uh, his death was sudden and so I got to spend some time with his wife and we began to talk about him and at the gravesite he received military honors I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but it, 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 it was, it's a special moment. There were Navy representatives there, and they played taps, and then there was a rifle detail, and I was struck in awe at the honor that he received. And rightly so, he, he was a good man. I was also struck the fact that they didn't do an inquiry on if he was the best soldier at the base. They just honored him for his service. And for me, that was a powerful reminder, come on, of honor. And I think that sometimes honor and respect and authority, all of that gets jumbled by our personal feelings. How does the Bible instruct us to respond to people who have places of authority in our lives, moms, dads, business owners, employers, uh, leaders, pastors, pe people, government officials. How, how do we respond to imperfect people? What about the people we work with? Or what about um, our reaction to our boss's authority, especially, especially when we believe that we are more qualified than they are? Come on. Uh, what about leaders who challenge us and bring frustration into our lives? How do we reconcile that? How do we navigate government officials that we didn't want, didn't vote for, and have different priorities than what we personally value? And I think that the church entering into this conversation is going to add clarity. And any time the church steps into these type of conversations, it begins to add clarity, 
in confusion and people get to make a choice. Am I going to do what God tells me to do or am I going to do what I want to do? And I, and I think that those are, that's a great place to be because the Bible tells us that we choose this day who we're going to serve. And so every day we're making choices based on revelations, based on moments with the Lord that should move us toward a transformation in our heart and our soul. So today's assignment is a biblical response to authority. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, 13 and 15. Come on, y'all good today? Y'all good? Everybody good? So here's the thing. I realize that when I talk about authority, everybody's kind of tensing up. That's why I prayed for you. Um, Because I knew stepping into this moment, it was going to be, what do you mean? And so um, we're just going to look at the Bible and find out what it says. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 through 15. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Okay? Every human institution. We have this thing right now where especially every time an election comes around where it's like we, we want to tear down institutions because re religious people love to go, well, uh, I'm in the kingdom of heaven and so everything else doesn't matter. You have people who make posts about, you know, uh, America's not even going to be here in Revelations and it doesn't matter what. And, and so but we get on these, these little roles, but Peter is very clearly saying... Uh, <laughs> Be subject to the Lord for every human institution. Not because it's right. Whether it be the emperor or the emperor supreme, your, your, your Bible may have said king, or governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good, 15. For this is the will of God that by doing good you will put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Can I tell you that there are a lot of ignorance in the world. There's a lot of foolish people, and, 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 and it can be very um, uh, tricky because now we are a society where the more degrees you have, the more academics you accomplish, that it's almost as if, well, the more you've studied and the more degrees you have, the more you know, but that's not what the Bible says. Actually, the Bible says that you can have a lot of knowledge and no wisdom. Because wisdom comes from God and wisdom only comes to those who fear the Lord. And so we are in a culture now where we have people with the most degrees telling us that there are multiple genders. Well, how long did you have to go to school to figure that out? And we're trying to make, listen, as we begin to study the academic process, it's almost like we're trying to make something simple, confusing, and, and now everybody's talking lawyer talk. Have you ever tried to sign a contract and you're like, I just want to buy this car. I just want to buy a property. And it's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pay this. I'm going to do this now. I mean, but it's like, there goes forward and so on and so on. And, and you're like, someone really smart wrote this up. This is awesome. But that's almost like the concepts that we have now in the world is we, we listen to people capitulate their, their, their vocabulary. And you're like, wow, you must know something. It's pretty good pretty awesome and, I, and I'm for higher education I think it's great um, if you're not going to do uh, you know social media uh, if you're going to get a marketing degree watch YouTube uh, but anyway um, that's just that wasn't Bible that's not in the Bible I just wanted, I just wanted to say that 
Peter is breaking a concept down to the church. At this time in church history, the followers of Jesus, listen, were disrupting the normal. Think about this. There was a certain way people would go to the synagogues. They, uh, they valued and submitted to the Torah. They followed Moses. And now Jesus comes on the scene and everything is beginning to change. Not to mention the fact that the Roman Empire was not a democracy and was absolutely not a friend to Christians. So it is vital for Peter to communicate the posture of submission because the goal wasn't to take over the world, it was to transform it. And now we have this narrative where the only good part to our existence is if we can take something over. And the reality is we're called to transform it. So Peter is teaching, and we're in a sermon series called Us and Them. And Peter is teaching against the us and them mentality when it comes to authority. And so today I want to give you three biblical responses to authority. Here's the first one. Our only response to the Lord is submission. Come on, can we talk about this real quick? Our only response to the Lord is submission. 1 Peter chapter 2, 16 and 17. Live as people who are free. Okay, who wants to be free? Mentally, spiritually. So, come on, who wants to be free? I want to be free. And you know what? You, just because no one's watching over you every day doesn't mean that you are mentally free. Your soul is free. You, people are under shame and past. Some people are walking around always incarcerated by the things that they haven't done or the mistakes that they've made. The Bible says you can be free. Now, look at this. Not using your freedom to cover up evil, but living as servants, who servants of God. Now, we, I could preach five weeks on this, these next four thoughts, phrases. 17, honor everyone. Honor everyone. That means color, background, people's economics, political parties. Our world only knows how to divide people because the enemy is the author of confusion and he brings division. So yes, there are things that the church has to reconcile and stand for. I'll get to that. But the truth of the matter is, if we are following culture, we're actually following the ruler of this world and he loves to bring division. Division. Honor everyone. And so, I, but now our culture is like, I can't honor you if you don't agree with me. And that, that, that's actually not, not true. Why are we honoring everyone? Because when I look at you, regardless of what you look like, how much you make, or what party you're in, I may not agree with any of your standards. I may not, I may have read your social media, and I am totally uh, appalled at what you post. But the reason I can honor you is because when I look at you, I see the DNA code of God in your life. You were created, I was created. And, 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 and I can give that to you. And so we choose honor. We don't feel honor. We love the brotherhood. We in this church 
for those of us that are committed here, that gone through framework, that, that are invested here, we are the brotherhood, brotherhood and sisterhood. Come on, let, welcome to the hood. And so here's what this means. Love each other. Don't love the people who love you back. Don't love the people that only are nice to you and smile to you. Love the brotherhood. And let's just be honest. The bigger a church gets, the harder it is to love because there's a lot of jacked up people. I mean, just think about this. Sitting next to you is someone like you. I, I, I don't know if you've ever had pride. I don't know if you've ever made a mistake. I don't know if you've ever blown it. I don't know if you've ever acted in a way that is really not indicative of the values and behaviors that you want. But I am telling you that Peter is saying, look, we, we love the brotherhood. We love the sisterhood. I know they're a little crazy. We love them. I know they need a tic-tac with a battery in it. We love them. I know that they're a little confrontational. We, we love them. Oh, that's just Mr. So. That's just Susie. That's just, oh, we, we, okay, thank you. We fear God. We don't fear man. We, come on, listen. We fear God. And so what that means is not in a Freddy Cougar, uh, we don't, like, I'm so scared, but like in a reverence. Like God created all of this and I'm actually really, really small and, and God created man by the dust of the ground and, and so I know how my importance in this world and I know who holds everything together. And so I'm never stiff-necked and full of pride and come and say, let me tell you big boy up there how to run things. I never take the, the posture that I actually can see everything that's going on and I am the only one that gets it and can fix it. Honor the emperor. Well, that was not a, the emperor was not pro-Christian. Honor the king. So that means Obama, Trump, uh, Biden, if they walked in or if they called me and they said, hey, I would like to meet, I wouldn't be making a statement. <laughs> I would say, I, I serve at the pleasure of, in all the last 10 years, this rollout of, that's my president, that's not my president, that's my president, that's not my president, that's my president, that's not my president. Not my president. I, we are choosing language, even in the church, that shows immaturity. It is not saying that you can't have convictions. That's not what it's saying, and we'll talk about that. What it is saying is that the words that come out of our mouth, the Bible says, indicate the posture of our heart. And P Peter is trying to say, this is how we conduct ourselves in a world where there's chaos, in a world where there's confusion. Here is our approach, come on, to life. Is this good? Come on, help me. We could stay on this for weeks. But the goal, and so here's the deal. Because of Jesus, we've all been adopted into the family of God. Nothing that we did of our own. So here's what I want you to know. Every good gift comes from the Father, and he gave it to you first so that you could come into the family. But once you're in the family, there is responsibility. The goal isn't to collect a house full of moochers, but people who contribute. Come on, hear what I'm saying. 
Maybe we've had an unintended consequence of 40 years of turning the lights down and asking people to wave their hand and, and make light, easy conversions when the Bible says you need to consider the cost. In other words, don't, don't go build a building and not be able to finish it. Don't take your people to war and, and lose. Like may, maybe there's a little bit stronger of do I know what I'm choosing rather than I feel emotional surge at this moment and so I want to take something easy rather than change my life. Come on, y'all could have clapped for that. But I, I got it. I get it. I get it. God is raising sons and daughters, not entitled roommates. Our only response to the Lord is submission. That means when he speaks, we listen. When he convicts us, we adjust our motives to his leading. Our position is surrender, not stiffness. The goal of every believer is maturity, and maturity only happens as we obey. For us to do well with authority, we have to learn to obey the leading, come on, of the Lord. We talked about this a little bit last week when we talked about the context of marriage. And there's a word that we talked about. It's called submission. And I just actually want you to know that that's all in the Bible. But submission sounds scary. We hear submission and it triggers all type of emotions. And people think of slavery, inferiority, voicelessness. Submission isn't passive and it's not weakness. The biblical concept of submission is to place oneself under the authority, come on, listen, of another. That's your action and your choice to place yourself. Okay, so let's talk about this. When we choose to submit our life to Christ, we surrender our lives to his authority and his direction. This is the theme over and over in the Bible. I'm not making it up. Here, even John the Baptist said this in John 3, 3. He must increase and I must, come on, say it. After that conversation with your boss, after that conversation with your mate, after that conversation with your friend, after that conversation, did you walk away from that going, ooh, thank you for the reminder, Lord, that I must decrease and you must increase. Because right now, I, I want to dropkick everybody in this room. <laughs> James chapter 4 verse 7 says, Submit yourself therefore to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay, so the enemy does not flee from you because you read the Bible every day. The enemy does not flee from you because you have perfect church attendance. The enemy doesn't flee from you because you tithe. The enemy flees from you because you come under the word of God and you, you begin to say, not thy will, come on, but yours be done. And when the enemy sees you posture yourself under the Lord and submit to what God says, then he's like, oh, snap, I can't, oh. I can't really win. Even Jesus showed us Luke chapter 2 verse 42 says saying my father 
if you are willing, remove this cup from me. This is in the Garden of Gethsemane before he's about to be crucified. And he says, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. If Jesus had to submit and surrender, wouldn't we? Like, like, wouldn't we? Submission is the key ingredient, come on, listen, to spiritual transformation. And I get it. It's easy to rebel. It's easy. Our flesh always wants to fight against what God wants and what God says. Rebellion is the reason our society is in the current condition. People will blame the church, they'll blame the government, they'll blame capitalism, they'll blame socialism, they'll blame. But the reason that we are where we're at is because of rebellion. People rebel. From the very first family in the garden, they rebelled. And it's not because God disengaged. It's not because Satan is stronger than God. It is because of rebellion. This month, we've been talking about coming and, and our church has been coming on Wednesday night to May We Pray. And I've had a few people over the last couple of weeks ask me, Pastor, what, why are we focusing so much on prayer? And the reason is, is because prayer is the acceptance of my inability to be self-sufficient. Come on, listen to what I'm saying. To the Naive, prayer feels like work. To the submitted, prayer is the lifeline that helps me connect to my ultimate authority. Come on, hear what I'm saying. When you're struggling in your submission, I would ask you to pause, pause and, and investigate your prayer life. Because you can't pray consistently without a posture of submission well I don't pray God knows my thoughts that's not what it says absolutely he does know your thoughts but he wants a a, 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 a submitted relationship with you where you come offer who you are to him every time listen willingly here's the second one people a personal frustration isn't a reason to refuse submission. So if I didn't step on your toes on the last one, I'm coming for you on this one. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. First Peter chapter 2, 18 and 20. Servants. Who's he talking about? Sir, uh, uh, sir. Hey. Be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and the gentle, but also the unjust. Oh, what? Oh, well, I, I, will, I will obey and listen, and I will kind of turn down my drama, and I'll turn down for the good and the gentle. But you, you don't know my boss, or you don't, you don't know my husband, or you, you, don't, know my, you don't know my wife, you, you don't know my kid, you don't know, you don't know. Look at this. For this is a gracious thing. What? When mindful of God, one endures suffer while suffering and just, justly. Listen, Peter isn't wanting to destroy our lives. He is stating that endurance proves commitment. Endurance proves commitment. How do you know that what you confess you're actually committed to? It's in the moment. If we could all amen here. Ain't nobody coming for you right now. Maybe me. 
But it's easy to go, oh, I'm in this guy, and that's this good pastor, that's good. But in 15 minutes, when you're all about to go eat, and you, the loving husband, say to the mom that is celebrated, where would you like to go? You open your heart, and you're like, wherever you would like to go. And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> and you're like, that's not really good enough because today is all about honoring. Yeah. And she is like, I feel a lot of pressure. If you're going to honor me, I don't know. I mean, who else going? How many people are going to be there? What did you have last night for dinner? Uh -huh. And so now we're going to get into a fight over food. Here's my point. Is that those moments are actually moments graced by God and they're opportunities for you to respond differently. And you can respond in your past. You can respond with annoyance. You can treat everybody in your home like they're dumb and you're the only one smart. Come on. Or you can begin to go, wow, that's ugly in me and I need to change it. And that would have never come out if it wasn't for this moment. And so God, I change Come on, is this good? Come on, y'all clap for me. Come on. We all will work in conditions that are stressful. There will be accountability. There, there will be inconvenient. There's a lack of clarity. And you're even going to work with deception. Every great relationship does not escape conflict. There will be moments when you strongly disagree with your team, your leadership, your mate, your kids, your church. And those moments of sorrow provide an opportunity for your faith to grow. Pain will either take you up or it will take you out. Come on. If pain wasn't an opportunity, we wouldn't be dealing with it. That doesn't mean that God is trying to send you pain, but God is giving you everything you need to overcome it when it happens. And so God will use everything. Read Pharaoh. I, this man has risen up because I am doing something. And if we're not careful, we think so small and we focus on Pharaoh, but God's like, you focus on me. I'm moving you up. I'm moving you out. And this man is about to incubate a nation you thought you were killing it, but actually you're multiplying it. And when they're done with Pharaoh, come on, I'm going to give you a nation. And I'm going to give you land. And I'm going to give you territory. And right now, this thing that's been oppressed is about to be released. Y'all not hearing me. We think small. You will encounter good and bad leadership you will encounter it when a leader goes against the will and the word of God we don't just go along to get along uh, we're not indifferent we're not we're not just oh yeah whatever we honor no 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 there's a difference between principle and preference principle is based on the word of God and we will not bow our knee come on listen to anything other than what God says that's just how where the church stands okay 
but 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 principle I mean there's principle and there's preference and so you're like all frustrated at your job because they're talking about Friday is employee honor day and we're gonna send you guys donuts and everybody's in the break room anybody want no donut stupid we get donuts we get donuts every week they don't even care about us that's our preference that's not principle eat a donut don't eat a donut say thank you and there are so many times that we take a principle and because it's important to us we make it principle but it's actually not come on there could be times that you do need to change and you do need to change your career or a friendship because someone is toxic. But that shouldn't always be your first option. Your first option shouldn't always be to take your ball and leave. Submitting to authority means that you work through negative feelings. Come on. The enemy will use your negative feelings to pull you away from unity and make it us and them, us and them, us and them. Peter tells us that, that even when you come under, listen, an unjust leader, God will pour out his grace on your life. Come on, can I tell you about Joseph who was sold into slavery by his family and, and, and they meant to destroy him and it could not stop the anointing on his life. Y'all not with me? You may work for a narcissist. You may work for a work with a workaholic, a micromanager, a bully, someone who's divisive and puts the team against everybody, someone who's unclear and thinks that they're so clear. Don't attack authority. Pray it through. Pray it through. When I look back on my personal development moments, there were times it was me. And they were coming in with some creative correction. They were coming in, come on, listen, with a courageous conversation. And I thought I was naively, <laughs> I'm the best. And they're like, actually, we would like to talk to you about, oh. And I don't know anybody in that moment that when there's accountability, you're like, thank you for the warm and fuzzy. <laughs> no, I was frustrated and a thousand and one excuses came up and I got defensive. Come on. And how dare you? You don't, you don't know everything I've been through. And they're like, we actually don't know everything you've been through. We just know what you've done. And so you're actually employed by doing. That doesn't mean that we don't have compassion for the process, but actually, come on, help me. And so it was me, and then I had to adjust. Was I going to stay, or was I going to be like, I'm going to tell you right now, there's other churches. I stayed at a church for 20 years, and I promise you, everybody made me mad. The pastor, the pastor's wife, the, everybody, the children, everybody. You don't stay somewhere 20 years, and this is wonderful. Come on. There were countless times I was walking out. You know what I'm saying? Taking everything with me. I didn't have much, so it would have been easy, like a backpack, but still was mine. And then there was sometimes it was us, where it was a miscommunication, where, where, where it was almost like this, this idea, this is an illustration of tell me something that flies, and my boss was saying a plane, and, and I was saying a Frisbee. 
they were like, we're not on the same page. And you're like, well, that, that ain't, maybe that ain't me. Maybe that's us. Maybe we both were too busy. Maybe we didn't communicate very clearly. And so, and then there was sometimes, it was them. It was them. They said something, did something else. It wasn't massive, you know, integrity issues. It was just, (laughs) you wrong. (laughs) And so here's the deal. When it was me, I repent. When it was us, I forgive. And it was them, I submit. Why? Because I'm not working for man. I'm working for the Lord and the Lord sees me and the Lord knows where I'm at and he knows the posture and condition of my heart and God will promote me even through an unrighteous ball. Come on, hear what I'm saying? Come on, that's good. My job wasn't to fix them. I needed to submit. God was allowing imperfect people, listen, to break down my defensiveness. We don't generally have to wrestle with a lot of argument when we know the other person is right. But when the other person is wrong, that's when we like, I got to fight for my right. (laughs) Thank you. All right. Listen, Paul is saying, you got to see it different. Daniel gave us this exact example. Where he served, nobody was a believer. The king's like, yo, I'm I'm, going to throw your cousins up in the fire. Okay? What what about Esther? She, She served a king that wasn't righteous. What about David? David served Saul, and Saul physically threw spears, and the Bible says that he planned to pin David to the wall. Now, some of you are like, well, my, my boss doesn't seem that bad now. <laughs> God is saying to you, stop being frustrated about what they're throwing and use me to just move you because I got a plan for your life. And if you, you just let me move you, I can move you. But we got way too many people that are like, oh, no. How you like it now? We got people in the church. You karma. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what? We don't do it the way the world does it. We do it different than the way the world, come on, does it. As a believer, we see it differently. Don't take your ball and leave. Work unto the Lord, not to man. You can't build a strong relationship if you're always leaving. You're mad, and so I'm leaving again. And the kids are like, ah, oh, you'll be back. You can't build influence by always cutting off relationships. You can't build a legacy by always walking away. True leaders, come on, let's talk. They challenge their staff. They don't accept the status quo. Frustration, tears, and tension are not always bad. But if your mood is your king, then you will always be shifting when growth comes. Come on, hear me. That is when we submit and trust the Lord that he will vindicate us, that he will fight for us, that he is present. Your parents or your boss, come on, is an instrument of growth in your life. Employers, 
are paying you, come on, listen, to achieve, produce, manage, work with the team, represent their highest qualities. And there will be changes, new systems, new positions, realignments. Some people will work out and some people will not. Don't be the number one criticizer in your workplace. Don't challenge every change. Well, this isn't how Sam would do it. You don't even know Sam. You didn't even know him. I read his book. You didn't even read his book. You read two chapters of the book, and it was on Audible. Come on, don't remove submission because of frustration. Again, here's another verse, Titus chapter 3, verse 1. Remind them, remind them, remind them. Come on, everybody say, remind them. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient and to be ready for every good work. You are the ones that produce, listen, every good work. The church should be producing every good work. Not just charitable organizations, come on, not just good uh, business models that, that have some sort of care and give back program. The church, Christians, believers should be a part, come on, of every good work. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand. Here's the last one. Y'all good? Y'all with me? All right. Well, if you never come back, we love you. Thank you for coming back one time. Um, here's the third one. The act of submission brings blessings. It's going to bring a blessing, listen, in your life. First Peter chapter 2, 21 through 24. Look at this. We're going to read it this. For this, for to this you have been called. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. Everybody say example. He is an example for us to follow. Look at this. So that you might follow in his steps. Can we pause? Christianity is not about a title. It's not words over our lives. It's posture. It, it, we are, have an example and we're following that example. And he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in him. In other words, he did nothing wrong. There was no deceit out of his mouth. Jesus wasn't a gossiper. He wasn't running down Rome. He wasn't over there, yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't posting on, so never mind. Okay, I'm just moving on. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. That means revile means that abusive criticism, angry insult, insulting. He never slapped back. This is the confusion in church because when we hear that, we're like, well, you know, we're supposed to turn the other cheek. And then one dude's like, okay, but I only have four. And after that, we going. We going. There are tensions in the Bible where we begin to submit our posture, but absolutely we're going to be a church of strong men. Absolutely you're going to protect your family. Absolutely you're the first one to take it so that everyone else can win. Come on. The church isn't saying be weak. The church is saying be committed. Change. Don't let your flesh cut you out of possibilities that God is moving you into. When he suffered, he did not threaten. 
but continually entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. We have a father, and I need you to know, you don't just have a father when you're in trouble. Jesus knew I have a father all the time, and he's always watching. Come on. I always feel like. You know he is, and he's always watching, and he's promoting people and bringing people up based on what's in your heart. Thank you for singing that song. I appreciate that. <laughs> he himself bore our sins on a tree. This is huge, that we might sin, die to sin and live in righteousness. By his wounds, we've been healed. What does this mean? That Jesus' submission was the thing that offered us redemption. Think about this. Is your fighting healing your family? Is fighting her dad. Is fighting his dad. Is fighting the boss. Is fighting the church. Is fighting every. Is fighting, 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 fighting. Is all of that causing a posture, come on, of freedom in your home? And is there unity and peace or is there strife? Because we have an axe to grind over somebody in our life because we are always in war. Come on. Submission brings success. Those who are teachable have more success and longevity than those who are gifted. I've met some incredibly gifted people, but, but it's crazy when teachable people begin to posture themselves and they can grow beyond the talented. See, you don't see that in junior high and sometimes high school. You see the talented star, the talented athlete, and we attribute titles to people based on their gift set. But as we get older, if that gift doesn't keep working, <laughs> that gift all of a sudden at 30 can't do no layups. And the only dunking they've been doing <laughs> teachable people, posture of humility. Hey, yeah, yeah, no, uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to have, and, and I'm not talking about that you, there won't be moments where you have courageous conversations with your leadership, your boss, past people. I'm not saying that that, that is uh, not appropriate, but you bring your objection and then you lay it and let them make a decision and you trust God with the results, not control them. Come on, hear what I'm saying. Trust is built after you've overcome a grievance. Your next step of growth is connected to submission. Stop resisting and start learning. This is how we shine our light among men. We are not wrapped up in every issue that's happening in the world. And there are some issues that absolutely we need to lead on. And our church, we will lead on life. We will lead on marriage. We're not going to have our kids confused over what God created. But I'm not going to fight every little we're going to teach the word. We're going to grow people. We're going to walk in, and we're going to do all of it. We're going to love covers a multitude of sin. Truth sets them free. The anointing breaks the bondages in their life. And that's what we're going to do. Unity keeps and brings order. Come on. When you submit, order comes. Unity comes. It, we, the church is about resolving dissension not causing it. We don't always want to be the one in the middle of every drama. Every church we've been in, we're in the middle of the drama. We're stirring it up. We're, oh my God, you know, and you know, and you know, and you know, and come on, like, like aren't, aren't you tired of leaving churches because of that? Aren't you tired of starting over? Like, 
There's another option. Between, besides making friends and defriending them and making friends and defriending them. And, come on. And I realize that I don't have every culture, every context. But I, I, I'm at 50,000 foot view and I'm asking you to put your story in your context under the word. That's what I'm asking. For, for us, unity in families. Unity, come on, today, are we going to all fight when we get together with mom? Or are we going to all decide not to say the things that we've been wanting to say so that mom can have a great day? It's up to you. For the church to thrive, there has to be unity. Unity doesn't happen without submission. And there are so many preferences. Come on, well, the, the volume in this church is just so loud. We know it. It's only, it only going to take about $60,000 to fix it. So little by little, we're going to put more acoustics around. We're, it's going to get better. Just stay long enough till it gets better. Bring earplugs in Jesus' name. Well, I don't know about a church that doesn't do verse by verse every Sunday. I just think we need more word. No, 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 you're missing what we're doing. We're not into information, we're into impartation. And when you come here, you're going to leave with, come on, some challenge and some encouragement. Well, you know what? Uh, I want my pastor at my, I want to go to a church where the pastor's at my beck and call. <laughs> beck and call. And Let me just tell you this. This ain't a hotel. We're not trying to serve you. This church is three things. It can be a hospital for the broken. It can be a gym for those that need to be coached. And it's a battleship because we're about to take some ground. If you don't want to be in those three areas, find another church. But I, 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 this ain't a hotel. Oh, can I get you a towel? Can I fluff you? Okay. You need another sheet? You want a mint? What you talking about? I don't see any of the disciples acting that way to people. In fact, Jesus was like, you want to come? Let's come. There's a calling on your life. Oh, you don't want to come? Okay, cool. Like, I'm okay with you making a decision because I've already made one. Here's the thing. It, in worship, well, I don't know about that church. I, I, mean, I mean, they played four songs today and I didn't know any of them. And the words are so like, you're like reading the whole time. Like, like how can you worship when there's so many words? And it's like... For real? We just need a song that says Jesus. That's easy. Come on. Everything that we do, you're going to have moments of submission. There's too many people in the lobby. Hey, you know what? We have kids. And, we, and, and even with our kids and young people. And, I, and we have four kids. And we love it. And our kids grew up in church. And we had a kid in the middle of a service. Throw up in service. I get it. Sometimes children cause a distraction. But if you're wanting to come to a church where you're a young person can come into this church time and time again and be a distraction and you hope that nobody says anything to you I'm sorry we're going to say something <laughs> we'll just be offended now because sitting next to you is someone that's trying to listen to the word and, and, and they're going through a divorce and the thing on their mind isn't your infant come on see how submission see how why Peter had to write the letter Peter wrote the letter Paul wrote the letter Titus wrote the letter. All Why? Because this is what has to happen. We have to be, come on, listen, in submission. Let me give you one last verse, and I'm closing up. Thank you. I love you. You love me. Colossians chapter 3. Whatever you do, work heartily 
as for the Lord, not to man, knowing that, listen, that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance of your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. I need you to know that the blessing of submission will be protecting you from evil. And when you allow people into your life, when you allow the word to come in, when you begin to change and because of what the Holy Spirit is convicting you, every time you come, you're, you're walking away from evil. God's doing a work in your life. And so here's the deal. I would rather have a church of people who are struggling and leaning into submission than a church full of five services where everyone is a consumer. The goal is for you to come, get your life changed. Step up and take responsibility here. Come on, there's a time for you to heal and then there's a time for you to jump in. There are so many things that I want to do and I don't have, I don't, we don't have the staff to do it all. I, 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 six months ago, the Lord was speaking to me and, and, and uh, we were in a tornado season and I thought, you know what, I wanna be ready when a tornado hits this area. And so what if we had a storage room and we had like 150 tarps and nails and we had everything ready to go so when that moment happens, the church is rallying and we're where they can't find tarps and wood and whatever, we're just like, yo, here we go, here we go. Like, I want to be ready. And so I don't need you to come here thinking, well, they got everything. No, no, no. We got some things, but we're really bad in other things. And we want to see you come help us and so here's what that means we want submitted people on the team that can be coachable and leadable and can use their gift and profession to see it advance the kingdom not to hold the church hostage we're asking you what's going on in here so come on thank you for listening to this week's podcast we would love to hear how this message impacted you feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the House website. We hope you have a great week.